How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Hellest of lows or highs, whether it's an upswing or a downswing. No way you're hitting more winners than I was this morning at tennis. This we know to be true. Back-to-back fire practices? I won't say today was as fire, but the embers were certainly stroked. Ooh, I like this. Consistency. Mm -hmm. You're elevating your game Mm -hmm. just like we are. In, in real life, you're on the Playmakers. I love to see it's it. It's like the third day in a row you've said this, so maybe there is some actual truth to this. Yeah, we are. Do you feel are, like we're more locked in than usual? I, honestly, I do, and I'm ready to go. It's the first time in, in our show's history uh, with me being here and having this honor of being in this seat that I'm wearing my Jordans. So oh, I feel like. Oh, and, and these are the Space Jams. So. Oh, my God. We, we could have put Space Jam the song in the system today. <laughs> like, there's a Lil Wayne song called uh, Space Jam that I love from back in the day. But I, I, I absolutely would have put it in there if I had known such a theme were So that us. that means, Lindsay, today I'm focused. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. We got to go out on a bang on a Friday. What did I ask you like four hours ago? Or not four hours ago, like three hours ago when you walked into the um, office. And I said, what do you want to talk about? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and usually you come, we come with something. I was like, I, honestly, I don't know. It was like, windy I just, outside. I can't even get in that headspace. And I'm like, all right, well, that's a problem because neither can I. And that's why I'm relying on you. But eventually we all find our way to the start, whether you're a tortoise or a hare. We hope that you finish the entire journey with us today. We have a full slate of sports and mostly other things for you to wrap up another week in the Las Vegas sporting community. Um, to open up our show here in a couple minutes, we're going to talk about Kanye. Mr. West. And pay no attention to his actions because we only really need to pay attention to his art, right, people? He's getting troublesome as if he wasn't already in that zone already. We talked at length with one of our close personal friends of the show, Maury Brown from Forbes, on the latest from Major League Baseball and the lockout negotiations that seem to be going, but where, no one truly knows. But Maury has some insights, and so he is going to fill us all in on that. We're going to talk about Amari Cooper and how this kind of loops back to our conversation I think we had last week about Jarvis Landry and the star wide receiver. In that same situation. Yeah. Uh, seems like he may be looking for another place to sleep. Las Vegas. Maybe. Be on alert. Maybe. Uh, our second hour, we're going to 
kick it off with some faces of the league because we're trying to figure out exactly where the NBA is in their chapter turning, and we'll extrapolate that to a to a larger conversation about just the rest of the pro leagues and how they are marketing their young stars. We're going to talk about the Golden Knights and the Ducks because the back to back. We need a win. We need a win. We need a win. We need a win. We've been say- you've been saying that a lot lately. Yep, they need a win, <laughs> and they're on the road against the Ducks. Not just the back to back, the Honda the Center, and away back to back. And the Ducks actually beat the Bruins the other night, and they've had a couple nights to rest. So it's not like they've taken points from us in two of our last three that we've met with them. It's all good. It will be good because we'll wrap our entire show up with our scrambler, which I really still don't know what it technically is but i let you run it and we get to the buzzer and then the weekend starts and so yes. i ask questions and also it's i i'm looking forward to this one this might be the best scrambler we've ever done oh my goodness you are setting up quite the pedestal of expectations yeah, i'm selling today. things short right <laughs> yeah absolutely but as i mentioned we are here three to five p.m and then tonight actually because i was at the night's game last night i wasn't able to make my normal hit on bet mgm tonight with the with the big club so after our show I'll be making my appearance at around 6.20. Yeah, 6.20 our time. I will be hopping on. And you can either just keep your radio dial on this station or they also video it on Twitch. Yeah, so you can stream stream it. it. You could listen Somebody on could, the like, podcast. Somebody could take the stream of that. That'd be fantastic because I've asked them, can I like go back and watch the stream after the fact? I've been told no. We need some Lindsay highlights. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we could use some like p- personal cameras, maybe some resources to to make this a little bit of an easier thing. But you know what? I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because I don't know if we've really paid our dues. We're getting there, Lindsay. We're getting there. We I also want to mention second hour, we got tickets, Pac-12 tournament men's. You are so correct. 2022 Pac-12 men's basketball tournament. Not just tickets to one particular game. Now we got passes. Uh, so you can check out the entire tournament. Uh, coming yeah. up, 4 o'clock hour. We'll get you hooked up. We are going to hook you up. Bring your own protection. I think we're about to enter a zone of conflict with this topic, we Lindsay. Are absolutely. And that's not a, a, an area that we're super familiar with. Like, we've had a couple of rows, but not for realsies. But it's usually been about sports. And let's be honest, at, at times I'm a little bit more interested in winning the argument rather than winning the argument that I'm making. And sometimes you're too concerned about the sports to make the art. And so this is a good kind of not neutral ground because I think we're both technically fans of Kanye the artist I don't think that's a stretch yeah it's one of those weird situations where I've watched the documentary there's three parts I've watched two of them Mm -hmm. that was my first real just exposure to Kanye since he made his TMZ slavery was a choice comments so what has that been two to three years yeah after running for president after yeah like Donald Trump all yeah that kind of that completely blew me off where like listen he's one of the goats yeah yeah he's he's one of the goats his music is is impeccable it's timeless it's iconic he's a visionary um but I'm I'm off of him there's like we talked yesterday there's too much music available of any genre Mm -hmm. for me to be stuck on that dude so that that these in these two documentaries has been so insightful and things like that. But other than that, like his his past albums and the Donda and, and the mm-hmm. Holy albums and everything. Yeah, Holy albums with what's going on. Super hypocritical. But mm-hmm. it, well, what is it? Right? It's like Man, Manny being Manny back in the day with Manny Ramirez, Kanye being Kanye. Right? Yeah. Be careful about those who anoint themselves the Messiah, as he had an album literally called Jesus, and that's probably one of my favorite albums that he did. But I want to be very clear about the splicing that we're going to do here because this is all encapsulated in Kanye the person but there's Kanye the artist 
There's Kanye, the personality. There's Kanye, the man with mental illness. And then there's Kanye, what is he bringing us today, right? And The news source. The news source. <laughs> and that's right, because we're, we're going to try to have a not that next level of a conversation because it seems pretty obvious what's going on here and how it's not okay. But we always look at something that's disturbing and we look to explain it. And sometimes we look to explain it rather than to solve it. Or we just run out of time in general because we have to go through so many layers just to figure out, so why'd you do this before we can actually rectify the situation? And I'm literally, I'm worried about what's happening. And I'm not worried about Kanye because Kanye is the problem. Kanye is the problem here. Because you know me, Adrian, I'm not the reality TV show gal. I watch Kardashians very briefly in college because that was just kind of like what you did. And I'm not here to make judgments about how they run their their businesses or <laughs> their operations. Like, like, I'm like people. Are, this all feeds into the sides that have been taken over the course of the last couple years and the very public proceeding of the divorce between Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. That seems to have been completed this week as she was declared legally single. And she changed the social media and handles. Changed, and, and took off West from all of her, her, her social media handles. And she's had to fight tooth and nail in court since she filed, I think, in like January 2021. Because Kanye won't even look at the papers. Kim's his in her, his mind. I guarantee it. And... We all have been kind of joking about how he's the jealous ex with Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian and their new romance. Again, not exactly the the deepest of dives, not exactly the biggest of news. But the way that Kanye is treating Kim and really just existing in the public sphere right now, how are we not more upset right now? The only reason I can really think is that we pay we we want Kanye the artist not Kanye whatever he's doing right now because he is stalking her at this moment basically. Apparently he dropped a music video on Wednesday that included a cartoon version of Pete Davidson depicted being kidnapped, decapitated and buried alive. Now Pete Davidson isn't Kim Kardashian, but as we've established, in Kanye's mind, he possesses Kim. I guarantee it. Because, and it's not a it's not a mindset unique to Kanye. This is a lot of men's mindset in general. Because I know just how nervous I get when a guy comes up to me at the bar and I want nothing to do with him, and I know that I'm gonna have to tell him to say I'm gonna have to tell him no, and how I'm gonna have to handle that. Because I can't just say no, get away from me, a hole. Usually I make an excuse or we all, one of the great tools that a lot of women use. Uh, this is my girlfriend right here. This is my friend at the bar. We're together. Uh, usually that doesn't work anymore because most guys sn- sniff that out. But this, this possessiveness and this lack of respect for their wishes, the fact that he's gone out on, on social media publishing their text messages between Yay and Pete, Yay and Kim, we know about you the mean skeet, skeet right? Skeet, <laughs> which he has given the nickname to Pete as Skeet, 
And and Kim is very worried because Kim is in this. I would be freaking terrified. I would be upping my security. I'm sure she already has because she is a woman who had somebody break into her home in Paris when she was with Kanye and somebody stole all of their stuff. Like there's real PTSD and trauma here. 100% plus being And that- this is real abuse. What's going on here? This is psychological abuse that Kanye is literally just putting out into the public sphere and everybody's cool with it because most of us don't have those Are same, we cool with it though? Most people don't see this as a red flag. He's just fighting for their marriage, Adrian. He loves I, her. I don't I don't, He's I don't their fa- he have, they have four kids. He's the father. I don't think that's necessarily true. Look, I, I'm not going to defend Kanye's actions. I don't know how you can and if you're a hardcore fan still throughout all these past couple of years, like this is sad. You're going one of the greats is going out sad and going into territories that are beyond acceptable. The the only thing that I'm I'm gonna just focus on for a second is when we talk about the music video and the decapitation and people being disgusted. Like first and foremost, when when you talk about hip hop, you're talking about Tupac saying, Hey, I'm gonna F your wife. Uh Eminem, I'm going to murder my ex-wife and my mom. Like, shock value has been used in not just hip-hop, music in general. So for people to stand on that, like, this is ridiculous. Why Kanye? Like, it's been done. It's a trope that's used. Like, it's a competitive. Hip-hop is the closest music genre to sports. Tupac been dead for? What does that mean? I'm I'm just like, I feel like in a way... We we have this idea, but hip hop's like a sport. That's what I, I was no, trying to I, say. I know, so and like, that's what you mean. There's like there's a spirit to it. There, this is like this is normalized. That's 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 exactly what we're talking about. That's why I'm saying there's not as many alarm bells being raised. Be that because we're talking about celebrity culture, be that because we're talking about hip hop culture, be that because we're talking about reality show culture. We all know that we hold different people to different standards based off of how they look, how they talk, how they dress, where they're from whatever it's not just the the we'll let the Kanye stuff slide it's the vilification of Kim and she's always going to be vilified always and this is this happened before she before she was married and all this because people don't like successful women and people certainly don't like successful women that use their bodies to get to that no 100 percent she has every right and you know what more power to her I just think that like so us as people, we're in different cultures. Like our Twitters, our Twitter feeds are mm-hmm. very different. Yeah. And I'm coming from a perspective of of a hip hop side mm-hmm. where I haven't seen the only the only thing that people are defending Kanye is the use of art when it comes to the music video. And people thought the skeet thing was funny, but everything else has kind of been taken. All of this has been gone too, too far. And I I do think one of the things, and you brought just celebrity culture in general and specific were the Kardashians who, honestly, when it comes to celebrity culture and taking advantage and profiting, um, and this isn't a diss, like it's genius. Look at the billionaires we're talking about with Kylie. They created an industry. Multiple industries. 100%. So when I see, okay, Kanye coming out with an album, Pete Davidson's coming out with a movie, uh, this documentary, yeah, like 100%. so, I, I do think machine. I do think that just in general, when it comes to news around that family and that tree that's expanded immensely, like there's a grain of salt from from a perspective, especially for me who like I could care less about that. Just like you, the reality uh, yep. thing. So I, I the do Chris think Jenner marketing machine absolutely yeah. Has to be so, to this. but here's why I think that it's good to mention it, but I don't think that this is an instance where 
they're doing this to keep their names in the in the fodder. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we've yeah. already mentioned the one the the singular incident in which Sim, or Kim suffered where she was in Paris and there was a break in and all of that. I don't know what else has gone on in their life, but we also know that there's other histories um, with other factions of their family. Pete Davidson also has struggled very publicly with mental health. After he broke up with Ariana Grande, people were literally following him around like on TMZ uh, on Suicide Watch. That wasn't a joke. Um, He's been very public about how deeply impacted he was by his father's early death in 9-11. And he has addiction problems. He's also made jokes about it, which is kind of... 100%, but this is... I I know. (laughs) You also have Kanye who has been upfront and honest that he's been diagnosed bipolar. He also lost his mother very tragically and very suddenly. As we can tell, it still impacts him as the name of the album is Donda. To lever it, to have all of that in the background, and for Kris Jenner to say, you know what we need? More profits. This is this is the storyline that we do. Get Ryan Seacrest in here. Like, let's let's formulate this. I I even I am not that pessimistic to think that we are going to ding all of these people that have so much baggage that can get so much worse and manipulate it just to get the movie, just to get whatever. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I just have a really hard time believing that the machine is always on. These people are human beings yeah. too. Uh, well, I, I do just want to say, I don't think that this is what's going on. I think that when people view this, they have that in their head. Sure. An uh, excuse away. This ain't real. Yeah, because yeah. it's kind of like they're they're it's come part on, of the these, story. These are the biggest dudes in the world. Like yep. these are characters to us yep. on our Instagram feed. They're characters on our IG. And I brought up uh the the Pete Davidson and making fun of how he makes fun of how his father passed away during 9-11. To say that for me, when I look at this Kanye situation and all the craziness, it's like, bro, you're going after a comedian. You're going after one who does not pull punches on himself when he's making fun of his father who passed away in an American tragedy in 9-11. That is dangerous, my guy. And you're doing all of this because your wife, your ex-wife just wants to move on. She just wants to say no and for you to leave her alone. And it kind of strikes me as like, number one, I feel like Kanye doesn't have real friends. Facts. Because... When you get, we've all been in situations where we've been heartbroken, mm-hmm. and at a certain point, depending on how heartbroken, your friends are either gonna clown you to be like, "Come on, bro, like let's get out of that," or support you to get you to move past. Right. And and with some of the and things, that's breakup support specifically, not yeah. just everyday friendship, which I think still carries over. I don't which think is he just has a lot of important. real friends. Yeah, and I mean, he literally he on on Life of Pablo, he's talked yeah. about that, and his cousin stole his laptop. And I, why? Why and then would charged he? Them. Why would he have trouble? Because he's such a joy to be around. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because in the documentary, uh, one of the first parts when Jesus Walks came out, which was one of his first big hits, oh my God, the guy God. who the guy who recorded the documentary also did all of his work. And was like, hey, let's get to do this. And Kanye's like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I want to try Hype Williams. I'm at this stature. Hype Williams is like the top hip-hop f- music video director. And you can kind of see some of these hints of like, 
even the people who literally this dude was a comedian living his life. The guy who shot this documentary said, yo, I think you're going to be a star Mm -hmm. and followed him around with a camera for 20 years. That type of dedication to do something so crazy. And at the first instance of you getting some power, some respect or some notoriety, you're kind of like putting him in the corner. So there's hints and sign of it. And it's just it's just sad. Like he's going out. This is one of the goats, regardless of what he said in the past. This is a serious situation, to your point, of like, this is not healthy. They're, you, this is a kids. dangerous situation. I haven't Kim, even brought Kim up herself, the kids. Kim herself <laughs> says it's a dangerous situation. She's worried about people hurting Pete because we know how fandom works. We know how um, easy it is for people to be manipulated these days. And it just, I wanted to talk about it because it's not okay. And to just not ever mention stuff that's just like alarming. I feel like some people will just continue to go on and be like, yeah, this is totes fine. And it's not. And if you're in a serious situation, if some of these um, little nuggets about this story are raising some alarm bells in your head about a relationship that you're in or maybe somebody else is in, there are so many resources available to you to help you get out of those. And, and Safe House Las Vegas here specifically in Las Vegas. They're amazing. Because you are you are in control of your person. If anybody has is is trying to influence or manipulate you otherwise or stalk you or abuse you in any way, um, you're not in the right place. And so, uh, yeah, it's just I, I don't like it. And it's we didn't even bring up the kids. We, we didn't don't even time. bring up the kids. We don't have time <laughs> like, because just the the Kanye situation, but more importantly, the safety of, of Kim, her family and Pete Davidson, everybody else. Just when people tell you no, just be OK. Just No. OK. There's a million fish in the sea. Move on with your life. And we need to do just that and to get to our extended conversation with Maury Brown about Major League Baseball's lockout. Is there a lot of positivity to go around? Probably not. But there certainly is a lot of information that you need to catch up on. We'll provide that for you on 1140 The Bet. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown, the Playmakers exclusively on 1140 to bet we are very excited and honestly very thankful for this segment as we try to navigate and figure out how baseball got here what's next as we're officially in the lockout so i think we can say on the line is a friend of the show officially maury brown senior contributor from forbes a member of the bbwaa joins us for his 600th interview this week Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. 600th, but certainly the best, at least through today. Mari Brown, owner of one of the most highly regarded last names there is in existence. Let's start with a whammy, shall we? Please give me some hope in the game of baseball. Is there any positive news at this current moment in time? Well, first of all, I'm friends of the show. Absolutely, you can say that. So, um, is there hope? Well, hope is a dangerous thing, as they said in the Shawshank Redemption, right? Great so, film. Um, I would say that, you know, the sides have to talk. They really do. Um, just because you say, all right, we're going to go ahead and cancel games and let's just go into our corners by law, they have to discuss things. Um, I think that <clears throat> the sides continue to be you know, far apart. There really is some distance um, certainly on the player side, they're, they're still looking for quite a bit. So um, I, I'll only say this. If, if the players had accepted what was deemed to be the owner's last best offer before canceling games, it would have been a very bad deal for the players, and that's how they're viewing it. So 
there's still a ways to go. I, I, I certainly don't see this being resolved next week. Uh, maybe not even two weeks. End of April? Maybe. End of April. What great news that indeed is. I was making <laughs> my way through a thread on your Twitter that you actually have pinned from earlier today. And obviously you said up to the minute there's news filtering out. And so some things have gone by the wayside. But if you're not following Mari already, it's at Bizball Mari. And you were literally going through the baseball calculus on how owners look at the money versus the players and the association. And as you mentioned, there's such a deep canyon between these two sides. But can you walk us through that headspace and exactly how wide we got here, at least the reasons why? Because it's really about the vision and the vantage point in which these two sides sit. Well, I mean, the owners the owners would like nothing more than to you know continue to get a leg up on the players. And the players have made it very clear um, that they do not, um, they will not, they will not go walk away with this without a, a significant, you know, concessions from the owners to try and get a more equitable deal. Um, owner revenues have continued to decline. Um, player salaries have flattened. The career length of players have shortened. Um, the gaps are largely this. The um, the big ticket item is the luxury tax, the competitive balance tax, or you'll hear CBT said. Um, the offer that was made was was almost a slap in the face to the players. It was nothing that would really allow um, any growth in that in that space. Um, it's quite possible that that was done actually <clears throat> as a means to try and slow the Dodgers and the Mets, Steve Cohen and the Mets down, and make the penalties if they go over the luxury tax um, be more painful. But be that as it may, the players don't want to see that. There's still gaps in in trying to see an increase in the minimum salary. They still want to see a uh, growth in the pool, uh, the pre-salary arbitration player pool. Right now, players that perform really well are in line for awards like the Rookie of the Year or Cy Young or MVP would be um, getting bonuses basically out of that. They want to see more around that. There's an international draft. So there's a number of items. We're still – we're still a ways off from those things, but those are the big ticket items right now that need to be dealt with They're, You know, the particulars and the numbers around it, and they're going to shift. Nothing has been agreed to right now, as of basically literally minutes before um, you and I started talking, um, there was discussion that the players would accept going to 14 teams in expanded playoffs. The word was of course, 12, there was a discussion with the players already on this topic. They were okay with that. They didn't like the format. And so the format has to be addressed. The owners had rejected the format that the players wanted. Um, and so that is a possibility in that. But look, if that's not going to be enough to get what the players all really want. They want more than what they would get out of going, all right, we'll get two more teams in. Is there any um, validity to – I've seen some points that, like, the owners haven't even brought up that there might be deals on the table for Peacock and Apple and streaming and that there's business that they're going to handle, but they want to take care of this so that the players don't get any piece of that pie and that for the next time they talk, after this gets figured out, that then they can discuss that and they could take advantage of that signing it without having to discuss this right now. Well, there's always that. I mean, this is what happens when you have a system, and players want the system. It's a quote-unquote free market system when it really isn't, right? I mean, we've got a cap. It's acting as a cap. 
but we don't call it a cap. Um, but they don't want a system in which industry revenues go are tied directly to um, the amount of money that flows to the players. They see those systems as having other functions in them that basically lock players in and are very much dead set against it. Um, I think that they haven't announced those things or they're really going to cut the, the particulars, whether it's Apple or Peacock, uh, are right either on the edge of it or they're hopefully holding it back because it would absolutely play into the discussions. But it's out there. It's absolutely out there. The, the This is a thing that I think largely does not get discussed enough. Every five years, or however long these labor agreements are, the, this one's going to be five. The last one was five. It is the only time that the players can go ahead and get bumps anywhere along the line to make it more equitable. Owners can go 24-7, 365 on business deals. Nothing prevents them from getting into new business relationships and finding new revenue streams. So this is time. This is why the players go, we are going to stick it out on this one because they don't get another opportunity for, like I said, five years. So they've got to make their hay now. In many ways, I, I, I think this really draws a lot of similarities to the story that we heard come out earlier this week about the New York Liberty and the WNBA and all of that in terms of that ceiling that it, or a cap that certain ownership groups are putting on. And it just seems like some people are just not interested in conducting business rather than just maintaining it. And it like I, I just keep seeing this in, in, in baseball and it seems like they're purposely getting in their own way or as you mentioned, Adrian, maybe they're circumnavigating to hopefully get ahead of the players. And I just without those ta- uh, tax exemptions, without those antitrust laws that a lot of people throw on, I don't understand them. You obviously are a lot more uh, informed on that stuff. But how do we get this sorted out? Because that seems to be the biggest Jenga block to move, but certainly the toughest. Well, that's that's very insightful what you said. That's exactly right. It really is. I mean, it's business. These guys didn't, you know, it's not like these guys that are already billionaires get involved in businesses just to because – you know, there's always that, well, you know, there's the ego gratification. I mean, that, that could, I think it's overstated. Sure, there's that. They do it to make money. And there's different ways of going about it. You can cut your margins and make money that way. And I think the thing that really largely is bothersome about that is with very, very, very rare exception, is there not public subsidy involved in all of this? for the arenas and stadiums and ballparks and that teams are not just some other business. They're really, you know, a community asset. It's hard to quantify a value on that, right? What is the value of a team in a market? We know it means something because every time a team talks about relocating, people stumble all over themselves to keep it. It matters to people. So when you see teams, that go about not trying to win, just basically putting out substandard teams out there and are willing to basically sit back and earn money without really trying. Fans don't go to watch losing teams. They want to see their teams win. They understand, or most of them should be you know, reasonable, should understand that their team is not going to win every single year all the time. But there should be some hope. And the problem is, is that it's not the system any longer that is preventing that from happening. It's the owners themselves that are largely making that happen. There's other forces in play. It's not that entirely simple. But that's absolutely a component. 
And so I think that's the thing that's most bothersome, I think, in all of this when you look at what the owners are doing right now. The players, of course, want to play. They have great pride in what they do. And so it's that is the thing that factors in that I don't think anybody else takes into consideration either. They're highly competitive athletes. They, they, when you see that your boss isn't trying to win, what does that really say? It, it, of course it's got to be frustrating for them. Well, and if you think about it, too, it just has to be such a departure of a mindset because I, this leads me perfectly to my next question uh, that I wanted to pose to you in terms of how much water do you think the inherited silver spoon theory holds in this? Because you mentioned the competitive mindset of the athletes themselves, but a lot of these ownership groups that started as a family business that was passed down to them and it has morphed into this complete gong show. And that's where it's, it's not just that we can't agree on the subjects in which we're debating. We can't even agree what time the debate is going to be or what we're going to be arguing about fully. It, it just seems like it's not just the Canyon. There's a whole other complete schism between just how we view the world in many ways, at least between the players and the ownership group. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing this now, um, if you took the Illich family, right? So when Mike Illich, before he died on the Tigers, he went over the luxury tax threshold three times. And here's Chris Illich now reportedly saying we refuse to move the luxury tax thresholds past a certain amount. Um, we can see a difference in how George Steinbrenner spent compared to how um, his son Hal was spending. You can look at, you know, the Angelos family. It is there are, once again, you know, their their legacy pieces that are handed down to family as an asset. Um, it didn't used to be like that. For one thing, everything has changed with media rights and all these different streams that now make, you know, supposedly should be used to, for competitive balance. You go, oh, wow, man, everybody's boat raises the same. It's called centralized money, national TV money, streaming deals, you know, gaming rights, all those things that come together that infuse everybody equally. Well, that should allow teams to be competitive. But what happened before when you were really dependent upon the gate, right? Attendance is what mattered. Man, if you won that, it, they used to say winning cures all ills. And that's not the case anymore. It really isn't. They go, ah, I'm going to make money either way, whether I win or lose. And that is a horrible mindset to be in, in sports, you should be trying to win. You can't win again. You can't win every year. And you're going to have different flexibility depending upon whether you live in Pittsburgh or whether you live in Los Angeles. But either way, there are windows. And that is, I think, the thing that's the most galling to the players, and it should be galling to the fans. Senior contributor from Forbes, Maury Brown, joining us. Uh, Maury, I'm going to be honest with you. You're making me very, very sad with this whole situation and the state. No, the situation itself is sad. Not Maury. Not with that last no, name. Not, no, not not him, but this whole situation, especially like I'm mm -hmm. a Cleveland fan in the mid-market. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about is I think it was Wilson Contreras, the catcher from the Cubs, uh, tweeted out all caps, very upset that basically making sure that the season doesn't start on time is what the owners wanted. Um, I could understand that from a weather aspect. Like I said, I remember more opening days with snow on the field in Cleveland than no snow on the field. Um, but how much validity, how much truth do you think uh, his viewpoint is with the owners wanting this season to be delayed? Well, I think the important thing to know is that there are um, factions within all of this. There are factions on the player side. There are factions in the ownership ranks. And those sides rest control depending upon 
where the landscape is as, at a given time. Um, the large revenue-making clubs have had control in the discussions before and have dominated the conversation. This time around, it seems more like small and mid-market clubs are the ones that are doing it. That's not everybody. I I don't think everybody wanted to see a month loss. I think that the problem is the doggone way that this has to be approved. You have to have 75% of the owners approve of any deal that goes across the table to the union. And when we get to this thing, to get it finalized and get it over the hump, that has to happen. So basically seven or eight owners can basically derail everything. Everybody else gets painted in a particular light, but that may not necessarily be the case. And look, I'm not in the room. I just know this. Rob Manfred has lost the center right now. So if that's the case, then there is a faction that's basically driving the bus. And so I think that there are absolutely some clubs that are willing to lose a month. You know, that's when it's going to really apply pressure to the players. And there's some other ones that are going to be none too pleased. Hey, man, if you're the Atlanta Braves right now, if you just won a World Series and you got all this momentum, oh. and now you're not going to have that momentum. It's bad. And it does get into other things. I mean, you start to sully the well with your network average, network partners, your gaming partners, everything. I mean, when you start to lose television game money, right, or when you have to rebate that money back, I don't think a lot of people understand this, that whether games are played or not, the owners get that money. It's locked in. There are provisions within it that say within a certain amount after that, you have to start paying that money back. And there are some clubs that are absolutely not going to want to do it, even if it's like a 0% loan and they can pay it back over time. They don't want to pay that money back. They are already are dealing with 2020. So, you know, look, they're going to be, there's going to be internal pressure on the owners to try and make some movement. The same thing will be said probably within the players. It's going to be how long can they hold the center? And like I said, I think it's largely seen now that Rob Manfred has lost control of the room. And speaking of which, one thing I wanted to ask you is and going back to Tuesday, and this is big picture and not necessarily – going to change the dynamics of this and, and making sure we play baseball faster. But on Tuesday, press conference, from my perspective, he seemed kind of nervous. Uh, the optics of seeing him laugh and try to make jokes with the reporters. And then, of course, the picture that will, to me, define, no matter what he does, it'll define him as commissioner uh, doing the fake golf swing. Uh, from a big picture viewpoint, from not only fans that are engaged and trying to keep up with this and other fans that are casual that are like, oh, snap, something's about to happen. Let me tune into this to see what's going on. How disastrous of a Tuesday was it for Rob Manfred? Well, I mean, I thought the same thing, that it was more like nerves. I mean, he look, he's the face of this. You don't see any of the other owners out there, right? He works for the owners. He gets paid handsomely to go out and be the face of the league and take the heat. He wanted that job. And I, you know, so here's where things are at, um, where it was presented and how it was presented, um, was for public consumption and not necessarily, I think the reality of where things are at, as we've kind of seen again, there's a group right now that uh, couldn't get things to move. And if, again, if you, you People are like in the middle of these things when there were these meetings going on. When they got together on Tuesday, everybody's like, why are they waiting to get together? Because they were all on Zoom calls polling the player reps and other members of the ownership group to try and figure out where whether they could get certain things to pass the muster 
required to get those things to be accepted. And so Manfred's in a, in a no-win situation this way. And he's uh, – look, the golf thing, my God, that's on him. That is – they look like, you know, all I could think of was watching Rome burn and, you know, Nero. It, it was such bad optics. It's a great reference, Mari. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it, 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 it just did. It looks so bad. But, uh, again, um, you know, I, I mean, Rob hasn't helped himself in the PR department. Um, at the end of the day, it's the owners that drive this thing. If Rob has to be able to cajole and get some consensus. He's not doing that right now, and that is the largest problem, is he cannot seem to get the size to drive forward to get a deal. It's pretty obvious where the players are at. And again, I get back to what what I said at the outset. If the players had accepted the deal that was on the table, the last best offer was not the best offer. It would have been bad for the players. They were absolutely never going to accept it because, again, it, it, it would have set the tone for another five years that the owners got a leg up on the players and they weren't going to let that happen. Just the absolute worst of times when it comes to baseball. What does positive momentum look like today? It's gone. I mean, look, the core fans will always be there. You know, I'm a junkie. I'm sorry. I'm never going to walk away from baseball. I I love being able to watch baseball every single day. Um, But if if you look at it as an industry, and it is an industry, right, a $10.7 billion industry in 2019 after 17 consecutive years of record revenues, you have to say that this is not how you keep that momentum up. It's not the core fans that you're concerned about. I mean, sure, you are you don't want to lose the core fans and tick them off. You're trying to bring in new fans, younger fans, and this is not how you go about it. It's just not the momentum builder that is needed. So there needs to be some significant change. I mean, look, if they're going to get into on-the-field changes and make some changes around that and get some movement, if it makes sense, I, I'm fully in favor of a pitch clock. It really does help things a lot. The other stuff, I don't know. But at least, you know, trying to get games to move along, try and get passes and grow the game. You know, it it just, again, they were not in a great position when they went into this thing, and they're certainly not going to come out of it any better. Our preeminent big league chew expert, Mari Brown, senior contributor for Forbes and member of the BBWAA. Thank you so much for just coming up out of your bunker for a few short minutes to give us uh, uh, the lay of the land here. We'll lean on you in the next couple weeks, hopefully as some progress is made in the ongoing negotiations between Major League Baseball and its players. Hey, it's my pleasure. I really love talking to you too. You have a great day. We plan on it, Mari. You as well. That was Mari Brown again from Forbes, senior contributor. He writes unbelievable stuff. Uh, There's great articles to keep you up to date on all of the great things, not so great things going on in the game of baseball. But insider calls are brought to us by driveway.com. Head to driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in driveways nationwide inventory. And on the other side of the break, oh, look, a prediction that we got right. Amari Cooper, walking papers. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. This is perfect because three minutes is about the exact amount of time I want to spend talking Cowboys football on a Friday. This is an absolute (laughs) perfect setup that we just organically walked into because earlier today it was broken, released, said, alleged, that the Dallas Cowboys are likely to release wide receiver Amari Cooper. Crazy. Now, we are very familiar with Amari Cooper here as the Raiders town. But you and I had a discussion, I believe, early last week, which is fully podcastable on the Odyssey app, which is for free. And in a couple minutes, we're giving away those tickets as well. I'll give away the phone number for the Pac-12 championship. But we were talking about those star wide receivers that maybe got a couple of injuries, couple more dollars to that contract than they ha- are, are worth anymore, and why that could be a reason to be shown the door early. I believe this is our first casualty when it comes to that particular painting. Yeah, saving, Should it go through? Yeah, saving the Cowboys $16 million yeah. in cap space, exactly the same amount that Jarvis Landry is owed with the Cleveland Browns. So the first domino to fall. Yeah, and it seems like they're prioritizing a younger wide receiver and, and, and getting a contract extension done there, but we know about how skill positions are not or have never been easier to find, especially later on in drafts. Uh, we, we know about there's just been a huge talent infusion and guys are more likely to stick around, and there's a lot of guys bumping around the practice squads and stuff too, and teams more willing to take chances on talent that way. I think that probably has more to do with the pandemic and just kind of all the roster shuffling that all major sports had to do. But I think it's left a little bit of an aftertaste in the way that we do business. Yeah, this this draft class, there's there's a plethora of decent wide receivers. Uh, we also found out today, too, uh, the Chargers are ready and they are expecting Mike Williams to be a free agent. So all of a sudden, obviously, Devontae Adams is the big the big thing that everyone wants, but this draft, cl- this uh, free agency class of wide receivers, uh, a lot of opportunities in the Raiders. You know, they could use a wide receiver. Absolutely, uh, you, uh, lots of teams absolutely could, and I think everybody needs to have an opportunity to win this uh, four pack of tournament passes that we have to give away today. 
Well, are we giving it away this hour or next hour? Let's give it away next hour. So next let's hour. Tease so I'm just going to tease it up because on uh, March 9th through the 12th at T-Mobile Arena, the Pac-12 men's basketball tournament is going to be played live. And these passes we're giving away are not just for one game, people. It's all of the tournament leading up to the championship game. You can see Arizona State, maybe Oregon, UCLA, whoever else is involved with the Pac-12 that we don't really care about. But we do care because they're <laughs> playing in this event. We're going to give those tickets away next hour. If you need the phone number but you don't call right now, 702-733-5968. I know patience is a virtue, and luckily we'll waste your time until we give those tickets away. With a whole other hour of this program, aren't you guys so lucky? I know we are. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.